about to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. Yes, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dead Screen Podcast. Hopefully, you're listening to this in the comfort of your own home and you're not outside. Well, maybe if you're outside, you're just six feet away from people. I'm your host, Marjani Rawls, and I'm happy to say that I am joined by one of my best friends, Alexander Bruckner. Alexander, say hello. Hi. Hello. Alexander is a really good friend of mine. Uh, I met her while we were both writing for Mind Oakles Blown. And uh, she's just a cool person. And what I'm doing with... Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm doing with the, these podcasts, because everybody's kind of cooped up in the house. You know, like, it, it, things are kind of sucky right now. I'm going to bring some friends on. And we're going to talk about some of their favorite movies, their, you know, favorite stuff. Trying to bring a little bit of joy into the world. Just a little bit, um, as things are crazy. So today, I brought Alexandra on to talk about her favorite movie, well, one of her recent favorite movies, Captain Marvel. With that, though, there is a story that I want her to tell. Uh, she, The superhero that she is, she hyped the Appalachian Trail <laughs> last year. Uh, I, I remember talking to her about it and even kind of like meeting her in New York after, you know, while she was doing it and like i was just amazed that you know she was able to do it but she's awesome so i'm gonna let she has a she got a little nickname with that trail so i'm gonna let her tell the story go ahead you have the floor yeah all right uh so for those of you who don't know um the appalachian trail it runs from georgia till maine it's 2192 miles long um if you hike it end to end it's the equivalent of hiking mount everest 16 times so it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult and basically whenever you hike this you get what's called a trail name um like i go by alex in quote unquote real life um but on the appalachian trail i wasn't known by alex i was known as marvel um so basically you get this trail name um, the people around you give it to you it can be really meaningful it can be completely innocuous um i hiked with people whose trail names were like thumper ghost I met a girl named Dumpster Kitty. So, like, people have, yeah, right. So, people have, like, all of these trail names, and basically, that's what you're known as from, you know, whenever you get this name until the end of the trail. And it kind of, for some people, it becomes like part of their personality. Some people, like, it's something they want to live up to. And for me, my very first day, um, I got the name Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel has always been, like, a really important character character to me she's one of those like you know just characters that like she embodies so many things that i want to have in my own character and my own personality and um i had read this article before i went to the trail that long distance athletes a lot of them have like mantras that they repeat to themselves while they're like working out and it kind of gives them it it's like been proven to um raise their pain threshold so like it enables them to go well higher further faster which was kind of my mantra it's 
that's kind of what Captain Marvel says in the movie, you know, we go higher, further, faster. So I got this tattoo before I left for the trail that it's just kind of like a little symbolic, they're just arrows that, you know, mean higher, further, faster. And one of my friends saw that on the very first day of trail, um, asked what it meant. I kind of explained it all. And then, you know, we kind of went our separate ways for the day, like hiking our own pace. And we won when we got to camp that day uh, in the evening. He was like, I know what your, what your name's going to be. Like, you're going to be Captain Marvel. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit too long. Let's just call him, like, how about just Marvel? Um, so, like, that was my name from literally my very first day. Uh, some people take weeks or months to get a trail name, but, like, I didn't even last 24 hours before I got mine. And it was one of those things that when I first got it, it felt like I had something to live up to. And I started off, like, the Appalachian Trail is hard. Uh, you know, it's 2,000 miles, and it's one of those things that you, like, kind of just chip away. And at the beginning, those chips are very, very small. But it was kind of, as I got stronger, like, I kind of felt like, yeah, like, I am Captain Marvel. Yeah, I can do this. Like, I can hike 20 miles a day. Like, this is, like, I can do this. Um, and I remember very specifically, there was one day in Pennsylvania, I hiked a 50.6-mile day. It is the longest day I ever had. It probably will be the longest day I ever have again, at least I hope. But I remember when I collapsed into camp at, like, one in the morning, my feet felt like raw hamburger. I was so tired, just exhausted. And I remember being like, fuck yeah, I'm Captain Marvel, man. Like, <laughs> I did this. So, yeah, and now I kind of feel like Captain Marvel, she's a part of me. I'm a part of her. Like, I felt like I lived up to it. So, yeah, she means a lot to me. Yeah, like, myself and Alex, like, we talk about comic book movies and pretty much everything. All like, the all time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. And... Uh, do you remember, like, the first Captain Marvel story, like, that got you loving the character? Like, I, I feel so, like you saying, like, how you feel about Captain Marvel is how I feel about Superman. Superman? I, yeah. yeah, I figured. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of analogous. I mean, people say that Captain Marvel is the Marvel Superman. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, like, a specific, it wasn't actually a specific comic book arc that, like, first introduced me to the character. It was, oh, um... There were, like, a series of video games that came out probably like 10, 15 years ago. It was, like, X-Men Legends. Yeah. And um, I remember there were, like, two iterations of that. And then the next one they did, it was, like, Marvel Leg Legends or, like, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And it brought in, like, Doctor Strange and um, a lot of Moon Knight and a lot of characters that I really didn't know up until that point. And Captain Marvel was one of the, like, unlockable playable characters. And I think... Like, she's not, she didn't look like the Captain Marvel that we know today. She had, like, the black and gold, uh, <laughs> like, leotard with the red sash and the and the thigh-high black boots. I think it's maybe her Warbird costume, maybe binary costume, I forget. Um, but when I unlocked her, like, she's one of the most powerful characters in the game. And that's when I was like, huh, I feel like I need to read more about this character. Because, like, she has, like, if you read, like, the canonical storyline of her she's been through some like really fucked up shit like and like reading all of that um just kind of like she's such a fleshed out character she's such a multi-dimensional character much more even than like the one the one movie and then the nine minutes of screen time she had an end game kind of makes her appear to be um 
So that was actually my first introduction to the character, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I love that game. <laughs> it was a pretty, it was a really good game. I do remember, ha- I do remember buying that too. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it is only fitting that we talk about the movie. Now, remember, this movie is coming off the heels of Avengers, uh, Avengers Infinity War. And then after that, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I remember seeing the first trailer, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm interested. And then the second trailer really is what hooked me. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was this whole thing with, you know, like, Brie Larson. It's weird because, like, when trailers, I'm like, trailers are only, like, one or two minute blips. So you can't really get, you know, the full scope of, like, how somebody's going to act. And then, like, I remember Brie Larson from, you know, Room and, and, you know, even Scott Pilgrim versus The World. The World, yep. (laughs) Yeah, like, I remember, I was like, she's going to be fine. And, uh, listen, she was because Captain Marvel made $1.12 billion. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know if any, it was great because I remember, distinctly remember, uh, opening weekend, I had saw it after work. Uh, I people going to see it a second time and seeing it a third time and like I literally know. saw it. I went to like the nine a.m. showing, um, and then I literally went to like the like the ten fifteen showing. Like I bought back to back tickets because I was like, I know that I'm gonna want to see this twice, and I did. <laughs> and like even you know dads taking their daughters over and over again, and then like their daughters like wanting to be Captain Marvel. I you know you had Wasp. You had Black Widow and the MCU, but I really feel that uh, Captain Marvel really was, like, the one character that, you know, women can kind of, like, latch to. It's like, you know what? I want to be that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I finally, like you said, like, she's kind of like Marvel Superman. And I think that one of the strengths of the movie is, like, you find, you find Carol Danvers. She doesn't know who she is. She's... Got this regular name, name Verz. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. really Ver? And, like, it's a whole journey of her kind of, you know, finding out where she came from. Like, she has uh, this whole this whole story, and, and it begins with her uh, fighting and basically saying, like, oh, well, you're too emotional. And then, like... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I remember talking so, to you about that, and ooh, you're like, what the... All right, so... One of the things that I love so much about Captain Marvel, and I mean, one of the things I love about it, but one of the things that was so frustrating is because, is that she is extremely relatable in that way. I mean, the entire movie is like, oh, control your emotions. And even before the movie came out, like the marketing, like, oh, why isn't she smiling on the poster? And, you know, there's a, there's a moment in the movie that, um, you know, the guy on the motorcycle is like, give me a smile. Yeah, um, yeah. And I love that she, she gives him a look like, fuck you now. <laughs> But it's so frustrating to, because, first of all, like, Captain Marvel was the first headlined, like, the first female superhero to headline a Marvel movie since Elektra, which was, like, in 2004. Elektra, like, I don't mind Elektra. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. But, I mean, obviously, it did not do well, like, at the box office. Like, critics didn't like it. And that was 15 years ago. Um, And, you know, like, Wonder Woman obviously came out and was like a huge deal. And I remember seeing Wonder Woman too and like bawling my eyes out from the very first moment being like, oh my God, there's like a, like it's a woman superhero movie, like a headline woman superhero movie. It's, we're not playing like second fiddle. 
Um, but I remember thinking that the Captain Marvel is so different from so many of the other characters, the female characters that we've seen. Um, I think that, um, like, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, is a really great foil to her because like, so much of the hate that Captain Marvel got is was that, like, you know, she doesn't smile. Like, honestly, I think that we're used to seeing Black Widow who, like, chokes guys out with her thighs, like, does, like, the very gymnastic type of martial arts. You know, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very showy. It's very, like, it looks great on screen. And then Captain Marvel shows up and just throws haymakers left and right. <laughs> so, it, like, her, her fighting style is very, very masculine. And I think seeing that, like, it's a huge disconnect from what we were used to seeing. And I think that, like, that's one of the reasons that she got so much hate. Um, and also, like, her... You know, her costume, it's very utilitarian. Um, you know, it looks kind of the same as the as her male pre-Star Force counterparts. Um, so it was just really interesting to see her get so much hate because she was so different from what we had seen before, if that makes sense. I love that, like, Brie Larson basically played Captain Marvel very straight, like, very sarcastic. Like, I feel like I, that takes charm. So relatable. I love her. That takes... That takes a lot of charm to pull off, especially going it, it juxtaposed to Jude Law as uh, Von Rogg. Uh, oh you know, Cree is very, what? they're very unemotional. They're very like, okay, we got to get to the mission and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, even with their first fight in the film, he's like, control it, like control. And then when she has that instance of letting go, she blasts them across the room. You know what I mean? Like, And, in, and then she gets punished for it. Yeah. She, and then... It comes yeah. back again at the end of the movie when she finally lets go and she speaks when she's, you know, fighting the supreme intelligence. And she's like, what would happen if I just was being myself? And then mm-hmm. she goes binary. Mm-hmm. thought that was a beautiful, like, full circle way. Like, like you just said with, like, costumes. Like, she dresses up in, like, a black leather jacket and a Nine Inch Nail shirt, which I love because they're one of my favorite bands ever. Oh, my I God. I loved it. Uh, like it's very uh, homage to like Terminator, and I love how like, they mm-hmm. flipped on that. And, yeah, and it's just kind of like a statement on basically, you know, I love how it was a play on the marketing, like how people were trying to. It was weird. They were trying to like turn like Alita Battle Angel, which is another female fronted <laughs> superhero movie mm-hmm. against Captain Marvel, but it's like you're just proving the point because, you know, like female characters are expected to look a certain way or to be a certain way and like like sexy and stuff like that you could even like relate that to i mean you look, uh, like, so you could look at scarlet witch in the comic book movies yes with her like leather corset bustier and hot pants like thank god they didn't go that route in the movie but same thing with like birds yeah, of prey everybody's like why you made uh harley quinn look unsexy it's like what like that's not comfortable as a woman, it's like, oh yeah, like exactly. Yeah, she's not like walking around in her animated, shirt, you know what I mean? In <laughs> a t-shirt and shorts, it was cool, you know. Uh, another thing I really liked about the movie is the relationship between Carol and Nick Fury. It was very oh like God. buddy cop, which was funny. Like Nick Fury is not the head honcho at Shield. Uh, he he's kind of like tagging along with Carol. And especially their uh, first conversation they have in the in the uh, diner or whatever, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the whole like um you know prove to me that you're not <laughs> they that you're not a stroll yeah yeah um yeah i love their dynamic and it's one of those things that shit that the other avengers have pulled nick Fury just being like carol would never do this to me she's like she's normal she's sane what's wrong with the rest of you um so no i love yeah i kind of love seeing their dynamic because i think nick is definitely one of those people that he's kind of used to having a read on the room he's used to knowing what's going on and then carol shows up doesn't give a fuck about what he thinks um and like kind of does her own thing um so yeah you know they're talking to the diner and he she's like asking him to prove you know who he is and you know she can't he's like rattles off all of these facts and you know like she smirks at him afterwards like oh i didn't actually need all of that like just really makes me laugh um and i also love the moment later where in, when they're in like the shield facility and he blast or she blasts through the lock that he's trying to get in and he's like you you let me you stood here and let me like fiddle around with my scotch tape and like little fingerprint and you know she says something along the lines of, like oh i wanted you to have your moment like i wanted you to feel like you were doing something so i just love that so much um you know she knows who she is she knows what kind of power she has um and you know she'll, she'll let nick fiddle around with his toys but when push comes to shove she's not afraid of just kind of taking over and doing what needs to be done so i really love that nick fury also has another buddy in the movie and i remember us talking about this before the movie came out too there's a flurkin in the movie as well and you you find out how nick fury gets his eye and with the eye patch uh how excited were you (laughs) dramatic how excited were you last last time i trusted last time i trusted somebody i lost an eye with a cat i mean a flurkin but a cat oh very excited to see goose or chewy as he's known in the comic as she's known in the comic but yeah i love goose (laughs) i mean oh that's like another thing. I mean, you look at Carol, she's a blonde hair, you know, and like her voice too, like her, uh, like her voice pitch is a lot higher than we're used to as like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, uh, you know, so she looks just like, you know, she doesn't look like someone who's throwing haymakers and the same way with Goose. She just looks like a cat. Surprise! Not so much. So, yeah, I love that. I love that whole dichotomy. There is uh a particular scene that I thought was kind of one of the best in the movie. And I think that's when she goes back to uh, Maria LeBeau's house and she's trying mm-hmm. to like figuring out who she is. And they have like that dramatic moment with uh, Marie Talos and like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like basically her rem- remembering that, you know, and us finding out that the Cree are really the bad guys. And the scrolls mm-hmm. are really like trying to help, or they're just trying to get away from the Kree before the Kree exterminates them. Uh, so this is a two two part question. Uh, how did you feel about the twist? Uh, basically saying like you know the Kree are the bad guys, and then basically you know Carol's memory had been wiped, and also like how did you feel like they did show us a little bit of the friendship that Carol and Marie had. Uh, they also gave us a little bit with Monica too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Monica's going to be Photon, and we'll make hope. Yep. Uh, so, like, what do you think about those two things? Um, well, first of all, I love that kind of when Carol's presented with this information that, oh, yeah, I have been on the wrong side the entire time. There's, like, no hesitation. She kind of, like, flips her script. She rolls with it. You know, she 
recognizes that she's been on the wrong side and she's like, all right, well, I'm not on that side anymore. Um, so I really like that, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, development, um, as far as like, you know, the creepy and the bad guys. Um, I know that like, that's kind of a, like, that is like a trope, but I, I really like the way that they played it. Um, and as far as, you know, her like getting her memories back, um, I loved that like her strongest relationship in the movie is with another, is like, it's with another woman. Like you see them in the flashbacks, like they're very comfortable with each other. They're best friends. Like, um, you know, she's, she's Aunt Carol, Aunt Carol. Um, so I love that her family is, you know, is that kind of like, she made her own family. Like you see in the flashbacks that like, I feel like I'm sounding very angry feminist, but you see in the flashbacks that like her relationship with men has been very negative. Like there's the guy it, during his, her training when she's like, when he's like, they'll never let you fly. Um, like her older brother, her dad say like, don't go too fast. Like you shouldn't be out here. Um, like it's not for girls. Um, and I love that with Maria, it's like, oh no, like we do do these things and you know, we do them well. So I love I, I, I just love the way that that played out. I love their relationship. Yeah, I feel like the real, I guess the real villain of the movie is basically how, like, Carol's portrayed. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and more so is, like, you know, emotion is the enemy. Like, women shouldn't show emotion. That's what I felt, like, when I came out of the movie, I was like, oh, like, and it's showing you these things, like, Carol, like, basically, like, turn a new leaf and, like, helping out the scrolls, showing mm-hmm. emotion in that way basically getting upset and then beating, you know, beating the hell out of the Cree military unit. Uh, and mm-hmm. then also, like, showing emotion when she's talking to Maria and, like, crying, saying, like, I don't even know who I am. Like, what do you, uh, like, mm-hmm. like trying to decompartmentalize, like, everything that she's told. Like, she's like, I thought, that, you know, it was the scrolls that killed uh, Wendy Lawson or Marvell. You know what I mean? Like, it was, yeah. it was really... Fucking Von Rog, he this guy's been training me. Like, what's going on here? Um, I love the little interactions that she had with Monica. Like Monica, like basically oh like like looking up to her and then changing the suit to like, mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. what she was. Like now, like rumor is well, not rumor has it. Like she, she's confirmed that an adult version of Monica is going to be in WandaVision. WandaVision, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like. Another thing of, like, little girls, like, looking up to Captain Marvel or Carol and, like, aspiring to be that. Like, I thought that was also a really cool thing. I mean, it's that, it's like you were saying at the very beginning, like, dads taking their daughters to see the movie. When, when we're presented with these role models, it makes it a lot easier to see them in ourselves. You know, it's kind of hard to, at least for some people, to... Like, they need something to model themselves after. They need something to kind of aspire to, to, you know, bring out those qualities in themselves. And I think that, yeah, Monica um, looking up to Carol is a really great example of that. Now, I mean, I can't leave the movie without talking about the time that she goes binary. And I know that you were, <gasps> we were talking about that. Uh, like, when she's fighting the Supreme Being and kind of claiming, like, no, I'm Carol Danvers. And then she goes binary the first time. How did you feel sitting in that movie theater, seeing it for the first, seeing it? Like I needed a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, I love that her entire thing, like the way that she got these powers were, it was a choice of her own. Um, you know, like she shot the, like the engine core um, of her own volition. Um, it's that kind of, uh, 
you know, it's like Captain America. He decided to volunteer to take this serum. Um, you know, Carol didn't know what the hell was going to happen when she shot that engine. Um, but I just love that she was willing to take that risk and for the, for the greater good. Um, and, uh, you know, this binary and like fully embraces what she is and what she can do. Yeah, it is. It's that moment when you're sitting in the theater and, you know, you know that like this is really special and it's going to have like repercussions like down the line. And honestly, like it's just a really beautiful, like it's, it's just really beautiful to watch it happen. Um, I know that like every time, like I would post a tweet while I was on the Appalachian Trail about like how I felt, you know, I was feeling stronger or, you know, I was really proud of myself. I would attach a gift of Captain Marvel and it was always the same one of her going binary and opening her eyes and like them glowing. Um, so yeah, I just, I love that moment so much. Um, I'm trying to think of one that like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't know if there's any other moment it really resonated with me as far as that um the, the, honestly the closest thing i can compare it to is during no man's land the no man's land scene in wonder woman where diana like you know climbs out of the trenches and like it's, it was that kind of moment for me just knowing that you know she's coming into her own like this is gonna this is who she is from now on oh yeah also like within that scene the flashbacks of her fallen like on a go kart, yeah, yeah, on the on the go kart, uh, like doing like the army training, and then like her just mm-hmm. like younger self, and then like her in the army, like getting back up. I was like, wow, that's that's a really dope cut. And it's also it's that idea of this is who she has been the entire time. She's always been someone that gets back up. It's just now that she gets back up with photon blasts and the ability to fly. So she's always been this person. It's just that now she is more of that now i can't let you get out here without talking about avengers endgame and how captain marvel shows up there as well uh all right you know first of all oh i just say (laughs) no so i saw endgame i saw endgame while i was on the appalachian trail and i was like god damn it like there is nothing like i have to go and see this how could you not funny because that yeah how could i not so i saw it in like the middle of nowhere in tennessee um but uh, also, I paid seven dollars and eighty nine cents for the movie ticket, which I don't know if you've been in the movies lately. That is unheard of in America. <laughs> so, <laughs> chalk one up from middle of nowhere, Tennessee. But um, I remember, so I used to have like really long hair, like you know, almost down to my waist. And before I left for the Appalachian Trail, I chopped it all off, um, like undercut, you know, shaved back. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was very, very short. And I remember seeing Endgame, and when Captain Marvel pops up with like all of her hair off all of my friends who were at in the movie already or in the movie with me leaned forward and looked at me like did you know that this is i was like i swear to god i had no idea like <laughs> yeah, this, this is not this is not me being like oh yeah i'm trying to be captain marvel like i just cut off all my hair because i knew that was going to be the easy thing but it was one of those things where i was like well now i have to keep my hair short because she's got it short too um but yeah i love endgame i love that moment i think i told you when they released that before it came out, when they released that moment between her and Thor, when he calls Stormbreaker to him, and she doesn't even flinch, like, oh, yeah, they're going to be best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, Thor's going to love her so much. Because, yeah, it's, again, that thing where, like, she knows who she is. Boys don't sca- Men don't scare her. She's, she's <laughs> totally fine with it. Um, and also, I love that, like, in, you know, Captain Marvel movie and also in Endgame, I love that Carol's, like, power move is just throwing herself through a spaceship. Like, that's her. <laughs> 
that's her path. Like, I'm just going to fly right through it. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I love, I also, I also love that moment in Endgame where Thanos like headbutts her and she looks back at him like, and yes, what? So, yeah. Oh, oh no, don't, don't forget about the Peter moment. Like, I, cause you oh love Spider-Man God. too. <laughs> I do. I, I love Spider-Man and I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man so much. He is just like this little precious cinnamon roll that needs to be protected. And Carol <laughs> is like, don't worry, I got you, I got you. So, yeah. Um, hey, Peter yeah, Parker, just... you got something for me? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. There was, a, there was another moment, we're backtracking a little bit, that I wanted to talk about Go in ahead. Captain Marvel. I, one of the things that I love about Carol so much is that she takes such joy in, like, having her powers. I remember, like, when she finally, you know, in that final battle when she realizes that she can fly, too, there's a moment where she's going up against the spaceships, and, like, she lets out this whoop of yeah. this, like, pure joy. And, like, when that happened, I was like, this is completely relatable. This is what I would do if I, you know went binary like i would feel so happy and like such joy and like yeah i'm in this battle for my life and for earth but also this is just fun you know it's one of those things like poor bruce banner he got hit with radiation and look what happened to him and then carol gets the ability to like breathe in space and fly and have glowy fists and that kind of thing um but that's one of the things that i also love about her character there's that also that moment where because ronan the accuser is like in space like overlooking all this and then she flies up and they look at each other through the window and she just kind of like looks like she's she like that punch yeah she's, yeah she's like i can i can take this i can take the ship down if i wanted to <laughs> and just flow, flow well, and, he go, and, and then he's like all right we're gonna come back yeah let's i'm out of here yeah we'll so. see you in uh what uh guardians of the galaxy yeah <laughs> <laughs> right yeah let's just all right i'm gonna go and uh you know rest in my little corner of the galaxy until i've built up my ego enough again <laughs> so before we get out of here i got we gotta talk about a little bit of where captain marvel 2 can come go now there's a rumor oh. there's a rumor uh it's supposed to be released in 2022 uh mm-hmm. there's a rumor that came out that it could be possibly introducing Rogue from X-Men and then it would just be uh, Captain Marvel versus Rogue. And this did, this does happen in the comics. Uh, also, also, you know, there's a Miss Marvel show in production. She probably, maybe Carol, you know, pops up there as well. That'd be pretty dope. So how are you feeling about the Captain Marvel franchise, a potential Rogue, and also like the Miss Marvel show that's coming? Kamala Khan. Um, so, I mean, again, it's that thing where, like, Captain Marvel's a role model. So, Kamala Khan, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that she shows up in that respect, but I'm really excited about the idea of Rogue being introduced this way. I know that we've talked about this before. Like, X, I love X-Men. X-Men was, like, my first introduction into Marvel. Like, I read a ton of X-Men comics. Like, that was my, that's, like, my OG, you know, comic book, uh, comic book thing. But, I think, I, I know that I've talked about this with you, but, like, the X-Men are crowded. And, like, the MCU is already super, super crowded. Yeah. So I definitely like the idea of, like, introducing them not as a team, but kind of dropping in here and there. And, yeah, Rogue is a huge part of the, you know, in the comics, Captain Marvel's storyline. And one of the fairly valid, if I'm honest, criticisms that's leveled against her as a character is that she's, like, Superman. She's super powerful. Like, what do you throw at her when she can throw herself 
through a spaceship and like come out on the other side unscathed. So, I mean, you know, Rogue's entire, you know, the core of her powers, you know, she takes away other people's powers. She takes away their life force. And like, I think that, I think it's going to make sense that to have this super powerful character, like where do you take them from here? It's to like knock them down to the bottom of the pegs or to the bottom of the ladder again. So I think that that's going to make sense, um, you know, kind of break Carol down and make her build herself back up again. Um, you know, and also like I love Rogue as a character too. She's like one of my other favorites. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I really hope that they, that that's the route that they go. Obviously, 2022 feels like it's a decade from now. It does. the way things are going. <laughs> the fact that we can't even um, so, go yeah. to the movies now, you know what I mean? Right. Jesus. What a, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I, I hope that, I hope that that's the way that Rogue gets introduced because I think that's going to be a really cool care, cool way to do it. And also again, having, you know, we had like, you know, Captain America Civil War where it's like Captain America versus Iron Man. Um, you know, we've had all of these like male matchups and we haven't had, you know, it was a huge deal when we had like Ant-Man and the Walk because, you know, a female character is sharing the title. You know, Captain Marvel is a huge deal because she had her solo. I think that the next inevitable step is like, yeah, it's Captain Marvel versus Rogue. Um, let's see them battle it out. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. I hope that that's the route they go. I do, too, especially because Captain Marvel is going to be one of the big characters going forward. Like, we lost Steve Rogers. We lost Iron Man. We, we don't uh, have Tony Stark anymore. So, like, nope. Captain Marvel, like, she was the one. She was one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, when they were all there. She's definitely that it's now. Her and Witch. You know, it's her and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the two two most powerful are women, which which is really dope. And you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna need that. Her, uh, Black Panther, uh, like, need more characters to kind of like step up into those like steve rogers roles and i think captain marvel is definitely one that can do that like you know carol could definitely be that specter i mean and she's the um like she is emotional but then you know so is steve rogers at points um like she has that like you know she's super powerful like physically she has all of these you know she's got a photon blast all of that uh but so i i think that it's going to be interesting to kind of see you know how she does step step into that leader role because like it's that scene in Endgame when they're passing off the gauntlet it's her Black Panther and Spider-Man so it's like the new you know they're literally passing the torch um so I think that you know it's gonna be interesting to see those three moving forward like obviously we still have Thor um but you know and even in you know even in Thor 4 it's gonna be Lady Thor and Valkyrie Jane um, so excited. <laughs> so excited. Taco so excited. is going to do, do a justice. Come on. Oh my God. I can't wait. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And like, fingers crossed, you know, everyone, everyone jokes or not, maybe not jokes, but you know, people say that like Captain Marvel is, is gay or bi. Um, you know, when you see her with her short haircut in Endgame, people are like, how can you still think that she's straight? But like, I think that Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson and Brie Larson both kind of support the idea. If you look on like their Twitter Twitters and Instagrams that like, you know, they say in, in Thor Love and Thunder, Valkyrie's going to be looking for a queen. I'm like, Carol, Queen Carol has a nice ring to it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, hey, uh, anything is, listen, I love that there is like Eternals, there's going to be like a, a gay superhero as well. Like, I love that we're seeing 
representation all across the board with superheroes mm-hmm. now. It's listen, superheroes are diverse and so are their fans. So they should represent that, mm-hmm. you know, like they should embody, uh, you know, the consumers or market that they show. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I love it. Like, bring it on. You know, like hopefully you want to see you want to see yourselves and your heroes. Yes. So hopefully, like you know, fingers crossed. Uh, Black Widow doesn't get delayed too far. Uh, hopefully, that mm-hmm. doesn't impact the Eternals too far as well. You know, with post production and stuff because everybody has to work from home. But yeah, I just want to say, Alex, thank you for coming on. This was really dope. Hey, thank we- you for. Literally, if there is anything that can distract me from the current hellscape that we are living in, it is gushing about Carol Danvers. <laughs> no worries. Like, I definitely, I mean, with with the NCU getting in gear, like, we talk about it all the time, but I definitely got to have you back on soon. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, especially, like, with Spider-Man coming back. Like, I'm definitely going to have you back. Uh, like, so excited. Yeah. So before we get out of here, let people know where they can find you and all your adventures. Like, oh Jesus! Um, so yeah, I I tweet from Hollow H A L L O. It's Alex. Um, I yeah, uh, that's my Twitter. Um, Instagram, my oh God, it's really long. Alexandra underscore Bruckner B R U E C K N E R. Um, yeah, that's my Instagram. I yeah. <laughs> Well, right now I'm not going on very many adventures, but I like to post about the past ones, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me online. And yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Like I said, always happy to talk about my girl Carol. <laughs> As always, you can follow us at Dead Screen Net on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you for listening to us, and we hope to talk to you soon.